Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Podcast Manager Show. I'm so excited that you're here today because I'm talking to Bethany Hawkins about creating an amazing guest experience. Bethany is both a podcast manager and a podcast co-host. She's the co-host of Chatting Over Chowder, a podcast where two minority women talk to other women in podcasting about what podcast they listen to while eating chowder. So yes, as a podcast host, she sends her guests chowder so they can all eat chowder while they're chatting on their show. So that is one of the big reasons that I wanted to have Bethany on to talk about creating an amazing guest experience so that you guys, podcast managers listening, could help your clients create an amazing guest experience for their show. Bethany, as I said, is also a podcast manager, so she gets both sides of it and we get to hear her story plus her advice on creating an amazing guest experience. So without further ado, let's go talk to Bethany. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to The Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, Podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Bethany, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you're here. Uh, we just met in person for the first time at She Podcast Live a couple of weeks ago. And so I think this is a great time for us to do our interview because it's like now we've we have even more, I guess, chemistry <laughs> is the word. But we've, you know, we've met each other in person now. Yay. We have. And it's funny because we have been trying to get this interview for like a hot month prior to She Podcast. But the universe was like, you two have to see each other and be in each other's presence and loving on each other before you guys can officially talk. So yes. Yes, it was a good idea. But here we are. And we're going to be talking about uh, your journey into podcast management and being a podcaster, and even more specifically, creating an amazing experience for guests. So us as podcast managers, helping our clients create an amazing experience for their guests. And you you know that from both the angle of being the podcaster and being the podcast manager. I love this topic of conversation. And I'm so excited that you invited me on to talk about it because I think people forget that you kind of have to woo and prepare your guests prior to them even logging on. Mm. So it's so important to the very first interaction for it to be stellar and then just continue that experience all along. So my podcasting history is in 2019, I left my criminal justice career after almost 20 years, 18 plus years I was in there because I was emotionally exhausted and it just wasn't lighting up my life. And the only thing that got me through that time was listening to podcasts. And I would have my headphones on. People thought that I was doing transcriptions. Oh, no, I was listening to like all the podcasts. And I knew that I had transferable skills mm. that could help me in kind of the virtual assistant world. So when I handed in my resigna resignation letter, I said, I am going to be a podcast VA. 
And my boss at the time was like, Bethany, I have no idea what that is. And I'm like, but that's okay. Yes. I shall show you. (laughs) So when I knew that I wanted to leave, I started taking virtual assistant courses. I started getting my website done. I started interacting with Facebook groups that I knew I wanted to be a part of and, and getting seen there so that I could have some sort of established presence Mm. when I was getting ready to announce to everybody on social media that I had left my job and I was transitioning into this career. So I had done that. I had my last day at my nine to five. That next Monday, I was like, oh, shit, I need clients because (laughs) mortgages are due. (laughs) It's all fun and games until you are living under a bridge because you wanted to live your dream. Mm -hmm. And you have a whole bunch of kids that like to eat. So I started being more, started commenting more frequently, I should say, in the Facebook groups. And one woman, Kimberly Sumter, she's amazing. She has a podcast called Sisters Connect. And she was like, I just dropped my newest episode and I listened to it and I loved it, but there was no show notes. So I said to her, you don't have any show notes. I'm just getting into podcasting would you mind if I created your show notes for you for free? And she was like, okay. And that's literally how I got into podcasting. (laughs) Wow. Yes. But so real, right? So real. And she took me under her wing and she had worked at radio stations and she had been part of podcasting for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So she taught me tips and tricks. And then I was engaging with Tasha Booth who is one of my favorite peoples. Love her so much. Same. And she was like, oh, if you're interested in a podcasting course, you should take Lauren Wrighton's. And I was like, who will be Lauren Wrighton? (laughs) So so then I stalked you and I purchased your course and I took that. However, as somebody who didn't know anything about audio, I was very intimidated by it because... You were talking about things that I truly didn't understand what the terminology was. Yeah. So then I jumped into YouTube University and I was like, I need to teach myself what the hell Lauren's talking about. (laughs) That's so interesting to hear, too, because I sometimes think, like, do I need to, like, add more to it with any just any course creator? It's like it needs to be accessible for the person that purchases it from day one. But then you get into this this mind loop of like do I need to make it more advanced? And it's never really, it's never the case because you, like I'm teaching from square one. What do you need to do? So yes. Okay, go on. And it was very funny because I, um, when I decided to do this endeavor, I was in my forties and I'm like, oh my gosh, is this too advanced for me? Like can a 40 something come in and start learning how to navigate and how to create intros and outros and how to edit and how to, cut and splice. And I was like, I, I can't do this. But then I, I was like, I can do this. I, mm-hmm. I can do this because I knew that I wanted to do podcast management. And in my mind's eye, now that I know there are so many ways that you can niche down in podcast management. It doesn't have to be editing. You mm-hmm. can outsource that. There are so many different avenues. Yeah. But I was hell bent that I was going to learn how to edit as God is my witness. <laughs> yes. And I probably broke the amount of times that I watched your video. And I was like, I just don't get it. And there was nobody that I knew to kind of be like, 
do you understand what's happening right now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I went and and I learned how to do a bunch of the things. And then when I went back to your videos, I was like, now this makes sense to me because I knew the terminology and the vernacular regarding it. Yeah. And I got accustomed to editing. I got a client who wanted to do all of the podcast management things. And it has been, and this was early 2020. And then it just skyrocketed from there. And I started establishing a name for myself and people started connecting and wanting to do discovery calls. And I was like, holy, wow. It's coming together. This is legit. Yeah. And then I started getting more and more clientele. And then I started gathering a team and it was just, it's still mind boggling to me. I still wake up sometimes and I was like, this is my life. This is wild. And I love that you like, you knew leaving your nine to five, like I want to be a podcast VA because a lot of people don't even have that amount of clarity. Right. And I love that you knew that because podcast management isn't that well known still. Right. So I, I love that piece of it. And so shortly after, you know, less than two years, obviously, that's where we are now. You're just like, wow, I did it. <laughs> It's, it's here. And the reason why I wanted, I, I concentrated so much on podcasting is because I wanted to create, curate something for somebody who was in my situation. I wanted to take underrepresented voices, help them find their vision, help them get their podcast out there. So if there was somebody who is in some sort of turmoil or discouraged in any way, they had the ability to pop in their headphones and listen to the podcast and have that enlighten them like I was enlightened. Mm -hmm. Because that truly got me through so many days at that job. And I don't know if I would have made it as long as I had if it wasn't for podcasts. So I was like, I'm so appreciative mm. and obsessed. <laughs> I, yeah, I need to be a part of this. That I need to be a part of this. Uh, yeah. And you know, podcasting is such an escape because it's like you put in your ear, your earbuds or you put in, you put on your headphones or whatever. And it is, it, it can be such an escape from whatever you're dealing with and in a way through, not necessarily an escape always, but like in a way through the tough stuff. And there were so many different avenues that I explored with podcasting. So I love storytelling. So I would listen to LeVar Burton Reads and I love entrepreneurship, for minority women. So I would listen to Support is Sexy by Elaine Fluker. So there were just so many different ways that I listened to podcasting and took that information and transformed it so it was like beneficial to me. And then there was also just fun and informative, like Lore from Aaron Mankey. Yeah. And he resides in Massachusetts and that's where I reside as well. So a lot of his lore information was based on Massachusetts. And I uh, I love ghost and haunted and all of that stuff. Yeah. And just part of history that I had no idea existed. I'm never going to do anything with that information, but it was so entertaining. Yeah. So just the, the fact that you can look at podcasts, you can go in whatever podcasts media player that you use and just type up, you know, horror movies mm -hmm. and an abundance of podcasts will show up. And you could just binge and listen and you could share that information and you could sound like a trivia genius when it was really just the podcast host that informed you of all the goodness. Yes, totally. I want to go back to what you said with like the fact that you started building a team. 
because this is something I talk to people a lot right now. And so I love hearing like, what was the first person that you hired? What were they doing? Like what, when you, yeah, when you thought like, okay, I need to expand this. What was that first thing that you, that you thought that you would outsource? So the very first person that I knew that I wanted on my team, she's still on my team. Her name is Sherilyn Galva. She's actually um, my graphic, our graphic designer. And she is my right-hand person. And I know her personally. And I know her work ethic. I know her aesthetic. I know her design. And I know how she handles various situations. So I love her because she balances me so utterly completely where in situations I can be like, she is definitely the angel on my shoulder. That's like, okay, Bethany, let's reframe how we're going to look at this. (laughs) And I'm like, can't you just let me while out? Like, why are you making me the mature person and making me like a, an established business owner? Right. Right. Like, can't you just let me have it? Like, (laughs) and I know that I know who I am, which is also very important in creating Mm. a business and creating your team. You have to know who you are. You have to take those personality tests Mm -hmm. because you need people to balance you. If there was four people like me on my team, we would all hate each other. (laughs) Yes. That's so true. Yes. And I'm not embarrassed of all of us. I'm not embarrassed to say like, these are my faults and these are my gifts. Mm -hmm. And I try to be a better person every day. I try, I try to be better in expressing myself and vocalizing and communicating and handling my emotions. Mm -hmm. But you need somebody who is going to be an appropriate mirror Mm -hmm. for when you're going through different situations. So she was my absolutely first. I can't imagine what the business would have been without her now. Mm-hmm. And then the second person that I hired didn't work out within two days, which I think <laughs> it's good to know early. It's good to know early. It's good to know early. Yes. <laughs> which is that's an experience in itself. Like if you think somebody's a great fit and then within 48 hours you're like, oh no. <laughs> this is gonna be a no. <laughs> we gotta this move on. Hard. This is a hard no. And then the third person that I hired was Juliana Pedri, and she is just a dream. She has her own podcast management business, and she also took the Learn Writing course. And yas, plug, plug, plug. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, can I even, can I plug your course on your own show? Like, is that okay? Yes, as much as you want. Okay. <laughs> And it was so cute how we actually ended up meeting because I had put out some sort of like SOS in regards to getting an editor. Um, And she slipped in my DMs and she was like, hi, I would like to apply. And I was like, okay. And the moment Caroline met her, we were like, ha, ha, ha. The heavens opened. Angels were playing harps. (laughs) And she has a great work ethic and she does Mm -hmm. great work. And she's just a beautiful soul inside and out. Yeah, totally agree. She's just so rad. And then our latest hire, we had another editor um, and she ended up leaving because she had too many clients, but I still am in contact with her. She's still amazing. Mm -hmm. And our latest hire was a copywriter and her her name is Louisa and she, 
She writes the best newsletters. She captures my voice so well. Yeah, I was going to say that. You have such a strong brand presence, which is great, right? That's essential. But for someone to capture that, it has to be has to be captured. Yes, because I am I I'm an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> Just like some wines. Like some wines are super sweet, some wines are super bitter, and some wines are in between. Yeah. <laughs> Or it's like the people that love you, love you. And that's that attraction marketing, right? And so you, you're you nailing it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. When my self-esteem is like, ooh, I'm just <laughs> going to re-listen to this. Yeah. Yes, remember that. <laughs> well, Lauren said that I'm nailing it. So <laughs> I'll just send you an audiogram of this moment and you can just keep it in a folder somewhere, whip it out when you need it. It may be my <laughs> ringtone. <laughs> So that's so that's my team. I absolutely adore and love them. They are we're either minority women or we're differently abled in some way. And we are just rock stars. And we have been super fortunate to get the most intriguing and interesting and fun clients. Yeah. Because, you know, Lauren, if you're listening to somebody's voice for five hours doing editing and mixing and you probably want to like them. Yeah, you have to. Because I I don't know if it's just me, but if you don't like them, you're going to quickly not like them because you're going to listen to them. It's like if you had a friend who wasn't really a friend, it's just an acquaintance that you didn't like listening to them talk. You're like, I don't want to talk. Don't want to hear you anymore. So yeah, you have to you have to like the client and the subject that they're speaking on. It's so true. There are so many things that I have learned from editing our clients podcasts which I geek out about all the time. Because yeah. I'm like, not only do I d- get to create art, because podcasting truly is a creative art. A hundred percent. I It's so creative. It is. I'm like, and I also get to learn and I get to regurgitate that information and I get to showcase that I learned it from these amazing people who pay me like money. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're so right. Like, it's just incredible. Because you're like, I would have listened to this regardless, but now I have a hand in the creative process and I'm actually like doing them a favor. Like they can't do it all on their own. So I, I get to be part of it, but I also am an essential piece of it. And I think a lot of people don't realize all that podcasting entails until they mm-hmm. get into podcasting. Mm-hmm. And then they quickly become overwhelmed. And as you and I know, Podfade is such a problem in the podcasting community. People get to about seven podcast episodes and then they just go away, mm-hmm. never to be heard from again. They never inform their audience they're going away. They never share that they're on a break. They just run like the house is on fire and they're just collecting their kids and their pets and they are out of there. <laughs> yeah. So going into podcasting being prepared is so important. Yeah. Now, were you surprised when you heard that seven episodes was the number that most people pod fade at? Because I was surprised. I'm assuming that those are people that don't have any help. I would love to know the stat and maybe I'll have to pull my Facebook or something, but know the stat of if you have help, when is that mark where you're like, okay, things are, things are feeling hard. I need to regather. I need to refocus or whatever because I was like seven that's like a week after launch (laughs) 
So I was not surprised because I took it from the perspective as somebody who's doing everything themselves. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I wasn't surprised at seven, because if you drop your first episode as the launch and then you drop every week, that's essentially a little less than two months. Mm-hmm. So after that two month mark, you're exhausted, right? Mm-hmm. If you're doing it all yourself, especially yeah. if you are doing it correctly. So if you're doing editing, if you're doing show notes title, if you are sharing it on social media, if you're talking about it, if you are doing all of the things that we recommend to our clients that they do, and this is just in addition to their business, Mm -hmm. they have another main business, Mm -hmm. and they have a family, Mm -hmm. and they like to sleep, (laughs) it is a whole different, difficult scenario and situation. Yeah. And I would also think too that maybe by that, like you said, like six week mark, they're maybe looking around them and seeing like, how well am I doing? And then they're like, oh my gosh, you know, so-and-so has 10,000 downloads per episode and I have 80 and this feels sucky. And I'm not doing well and nobody wants to hear me. And so I bet that also is occurring. Is that kind of spiraling? Because they don't have anyone to ask, like, how well am I doing? Am I doing okay? And the podcast manager's like, yes, your show is incredible. I love it. Let's keep going. And I'm so glad that you brought that up. Because I think it's very important that if you do have a podcast manager, from the very beginning, you and your podcast manager define what success looks like for you. Mm -hmm. So what is successful to you? Because I have clients that have million downloads podcasts. And then I have another client who just wants to get this legal information out there to whomever hears it, whenever they hear it. Mm -hmm. So her concentration isn't, you know, I want to be a million downloads in a year. Mm -hmm. Her concentration is I want to share this information. And if I have a potential client come to me, I can say, you know what? I covered this in episode three of my podcast. Why don't you go and listen to it? Yeah. Like it's an enhancement to her business. Mm -hmm. So if you know going in what defines success to you and your podcast, it gives you a better gauge Mm -hmm. than comparison and then analysis paralysis. Yeah. And I think we maybe we go into situations with clients where we assume that we know what they want, right? I had a client who she was an accountant previously and she had started this business not related to numbers, (laughs) But I knew that she had started as an accountant. So I assumed that, you know, maybe big flashy numbers were important to her. And I quickly found out that she didn't care if she was number one on the charts. That was actually not even a goal. She she was not about vanity metrics. Thankfully, I did not, you know, put my foot in my mouth. I learned it. (laughs) I learned it quick enough that I was like, okay, good. Now I can, instead of giving her big flashy numbers, I can give her, you know, how is stats on how her engagement is going up in her Facebook group or how other ways it's building her business. So yes, I think that's so smart to have that conversation of what, you know, what's most important to you with this show. And I think it's beautiful what you said that you made the assumption and then just speaking with her, you quickly realized, oh, wait a second, that's not the focus and concentration Mm -hmm. because we are looked at for our expertise as we're assisting. However, we're also human and we need to learn from our clients as well. Mm -hmm. So it is 
so important to have a good rapport and good communication with our clientele so that they can steer us in the direction and we can give them the results that they want and that they seek, not what we anticipate their results to be. Yes. And that makes me think of like the podcast managers that they they feel like I don't know enough. And it's like, it's not always about what you know. You listen, like we're saying, listen to the client and what they're looking for and then apply what you know to their situation. Because one of the reasons that people, podcasters work with podcast managers is because it's one-on-one or, you know, one to a team, but still they're getting one-on-one support and they're willing to pay more money for that rather than going through, you know, a big podcasting course. They want that one-on-one support. So be both a person of expertise and a listener. I love that. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass, and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. There was this client that I received and she asked if we could do ID3 tagging. I had never done ID3 tagging before. So I verbally told her, I've never done ID3 tagging before. However, you're asking for it. So I will look and go about finding how to create an ID3 tag for you and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And now I ID3 tag her stuff with like a blink of an eye. Yeah. But it's also important to tell your clients if you don't know how to do something. Like, that's okay. And if you say to them, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to work on this. And please provide me with feedback if this is what your expectation was. Right. And when you think of it from the podcaster perspective or the business owner perspective, it's like you now have someone on your team who's willing to say, yes, I would love to learn that. I don't know it yet. I'd love to learn that. I'm going to go out and learn it. I'm going to apply it to your business. It might not be perfect, but you know, no one's getting it harmed in the meantime. And like, how amazing is that for the podcaster? It's like, this person has so much initiative. They're willing to learn. They're a real team player on the team. And I think that that is how podcast managers define themselves. Mm. If you are looking at yourself as a CEO of your podcast business, You're going to sometimes have the hard conversations. You're going to learn the boundaries of what you're willing to do in your business. Mm -hmm. You're going to have clientele make suggestion. And if that's something that you don't want to do, that's set up within the boundaries of your business, 
you have the right as the CEO mm-hmm. of your business to say no. Mm-hmm. If it's something that you're asking you to do that you're interested in, you have the right as a CEO and founder of your business to say yes. Yes. And that is empowering. Mm -hmm. And when you feel empowered, your team feels empowered. And if you're coming from a nine to five or, or any sort of, you know, past career that you were told, oh, actually, you're going to be doing this now. And you're like, this wasn't my original job and I don't want to do it. You're it's either like, OK, do it or go find another job, which is difficult. So, yeah, when your podcast management client asks you, hey, do you do Facebook ads? You can say, no, I don't do <laughs> just no, I don't do Facebook ads. This is a completely different service. I don't need I don't need to do it right? There's lots of people that do it and I don't need to do it. And I love that you talk very frequently about scope creep Mm -hmm. because that's a whole thing in podcasting because I don't think that people do it intentionally. Agreed. And that's the misconception. And they don't understand how much time it takes for all of those little things to accumulate Mm -hmm. that you're not paying your service providers for. Mm -hmm. And that's why contracts are so important and having communication is so important. Yeah. And drawing the line in the sand when it needs to be drawn. Because like like we said, it's not usually intentional that the client says, hey, by the way, can you start doing this each week? They might actually expect you to say, oh, yeah, you know, let me, I can send you an invoice or a proposal on what that would look like. And then you don't say it and they're like, oh, okay. And you're just going to do it for free. You're going to include it in a package that it wasn't included. So I think people appreciate boundaries. And so even if they don't appreciate them, we still have to have them. (laughs) If they don't appreciate them, then you learn quickly and and you move on from that. But yeah, I think it's just, it's definitely important for, and it can be a learning process of learning where your personal boundaries are. Like with um, quick turnaround, this is something that comes up a lot in in the group is, How much time do you need to do an episode? And some people are like, yeah, I only need like two or three days. Cool. That's the way they do things, right? And the bigger our businesses get and the more people we have on our team, two to three days just doesn't make sense because it's like it has to pass from hand to hand. So it's a personal preference, but whatever it is for you, be clear and stick with it. And again, as you said, it comes with experience. And sometimes the... Best boundary formation is getting those challenging clients. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And you were like, well, I'm not doing that again. (laughs) Yeah. Character building clients. Character (laughs) learning lesson clients. (laughs) And I I feel like that is it is the same with guests on your podcast. So when you have a guest on your podcast, you kind of want to give them the same process experience as you, a client. You want to prepare them on what's going to be happening and what the conversation is going to be. You want to get them excited that you're excited that they're going to be a guest on your show. Yeah. You want to communicate with them numerous times. Mm -hmm. This is when you're scheduled. Just a reminder, this is when you're scheduled. Hey, did you know that you were scheduled on this day? (laughs) And if anything should come up, we're not performing heart surgery. This can be rescheduled if need be. And then have some talking points prepared for them, just like you would with a contract and having like bullets. Mm -hmm. Have some talking points. 
this is what I plan on going over during our interview. Is there anything that you want me to speak about because you're excited about? What are you going to be promoting? Is there anything that you don't want me to speak about? Mm -hmm. And when you mess up in an interview or quote unquote mess up, or it's not going in the direction that you think it was going to go, it's recording. Nine out of 10 times, you're not doing it live. Mm -hmm. So you have so many different options. You can edit it out. You can say to your guest, you know what? That didn't land the way that I wanted it to. Mm. Do you want me to ask this question again? Or do you want to just kind of like leave it out? Or you can say to your guest, I really fucked that up. (laughs) Do you mind if I leave that in there? So people know that even though I am, quote unquote, an expert on interviewing, I fucked that up. I stay up. (laughs) Yeah. So there are so many different ways that you can play a situation if it if it's not going right. Yeah. I also, what I like to do, I always like to make sure that the guests that we have not share the same energy, but we have the same kind of excitement to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. You can very much hear which I do, I never appreciated until I started listening to podcasts. Like when you're watching television and there's like somebody in a movie and they didn't really like each other, you can't really tell. Yeah. If somebody's being interviewed for a podcast and the host and the guest are not jiving, <sighs> it that oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a visceral feeling. Yeah. The listener literally could feel the Oh, yeah. So in order to make sure, like, we handpick who is going to be on our podcast. So the few and far between that people have said, hey, I want to be on your podcast, but I didn't know them intimately, mm-hmm. which kind of sounds. <laughs> I've been intimate with all of my guests. <laughs> if I don't know them personally, I'll schedule a coffee and chat. Mm-hmm. And you can do it very nonchalantly. It doesn't have to be, hey, I'm I'm vetting you to see if you're going to be a good fit on my podcast. No. It can just be like, hey, let's let's talk through our topic. Let's just get some things in order. 15 minutes. Yep. And you just see. I want to get to know you. I want to I just want to get to know more about you. It doesn't have anything to do about the podcast. I just want to get. And then if you get that feeling where this conversation is not going to be aligned with you or your guests. I'm sorry, you or your your listener and your your guest kind of, too, because you're doing your guests a favor. Yeah. You can just say, you know, I really appreciate your interest in my podcast. I don't think that this would be the best fit, but I plan on championing you on and cheering you for continued success. Yeah. That is a lot easier to do than being 45 minutes into a conversation, knowing the conversation is trash. Right. And then having to explain to them why you're never going to drop that episode. <laughs> right. So I wanted to ask you about that. And I, I know that we're running low on time. But one of the things that came out of She Podcast Live was that there was a session, and I don't think I was even in it, but a couple of my of my team members were. And they said that this conversation got brought up. What do you do when you have a conversation? For whatever reason, it just, it, not like an audio technical reason, but like the conversation was not, did not go well. What do you do? And the speakers told the audience, just ghost them. And my team members were like, I cannot believe that was the advice, which yes, 
Bethany is speechless right now. <laughs> so I'm, I'm assuming you, you're not a big fan of ghosting, which thank you. But what do you do? Pers- what would you recommend? I'm so confuzzled by that response. Right. I know. I am never speechless. <laughs> I am so cringe right now. <laughs> right. I know. We ha- And just ghosting in general, we have to do better. It's like somehow I feel like it's been like accepted. Clearly, it's been accepted by some people as like an okay business thing to do. And like, I'm not even perfect either. But like, we have to, not with that specific instance, but you know what I mean? Like emails or whatever. Like we have to do better. Okay. That took me a hot second. So number one, that's not the answer. The answer is never to ghost anybody um, in your business, professionally or personally. Look, you just need to be honest. And I truly believe that there is some portion of that audio that's salvageable. Mm -hmm. I had a client reach out to me and she was like, this episode is an hour long. We were not jiving. It feels very tense. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to can it. And I was like, send it to me. Let me see what I can do. And I was able to keep the gems and take out the tension. Mm-hmm. If you have an editor who edits like somebody who's going to be listening to your podcast, mm-hmm. that is going to be very beneficial. Because if that editor is like, okay, this conversation, I can cut, not change. Not like Photoshop. Right. You're just like cutting out the boring parts, basically. Yes. You're, you're keeping the integrity of the conversation. Mm-hmm. You're just taking out the tension. And a lot of the tension that I took out was in kind of the inflection of the voice of the host. Mm-hmm. Because I could hear that she was getting aggravated. Mm. And I don't even think that the guest was aware of how the tone of her voice had changed. So if you have somebody that's working on your behalf in editing and you guys have a great rapport, that's why I don't I don't really recommend Fiverr. Mm-hmm. Because editing is more than just voice volume and noise reduction. Right. And cutting out ums or something. And cutting out ums. There's... An art and a creativity, especially those hard episodes. You want to be able to have a rapport with your editor and say, this was a hard episode. Can you do anything with this? And then they can listen to it with a with a different ear than just normal. So that would be my advice for number one. Try to salvage it, even if that means that you have to cut out a large portion of the weird and awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. My second suggestion is... There has to be something, something that they said that's a good takeaway. Right. Has to be. You cannot talk to somebody for 45 minutes and it just be no takeaways. Yeah. Unless they're sleeping. (laughs) Why are you interviewing them if they're sleeping? So you can take those two gems that they were able to provide you, that you were able to find, and you can make an audiogram of that and you can seg that And two, if you're talking about the same topic with another guest. Mm -hmm. And you could just let your guests know, you know what? I feel like these two takeaways were the most amazing part of our conversation. So I didn't want them to get lost. And I just wanted to highlight them. Mm -hmm. And you can make it and you could share it with your guests and be like, I would love it if you shared this as well. Yeah. That way it's not getting dumped. Or here's the third option. 
you can say to the person, I don't feel like we really connected in that conversation. Can we re-record this? Would you be willing? Mm -hmm. And if they say yes, groovy. And if they say no, you still have those two sound bites that you gathered initially. Yeah. Those three options are way better than ghosting somebody. (laughs) So true. And also acknowledging if you if you as the host don't agree with what someone says because your audience if they've been around a, a while they know your opinion on things right and so if you're like I, I know this one host that I've been listening to forever I know when a guest says something like oh she doesn't agree with that what is she gonna say because she needs to say something and that's just hard conversations in general in life and as a host like work on that and I'm I'm working on that because that's so important to me is like your own integrity of saying oh, that's interesting. I actually see it another way. You don't need to be like, get your dukes out to fight. It's just like, oh, interesting. Um, and if it's like something that's like, you know, really offensive or something, you can say like, I heard, actually heard this at She Podcast Live. One of the speakers said to say, so what I'm hearing you say is X, Y, and Z. And then the person can backtrack and say, oh, actually, I didn't quite mean it that way. What I mean is, and you give them a chance to, to reword whatever they're saying. And that's just being a great communicator, right? Mm -hmm. It's the art of communication. It's Mm -hmm. the art of also looking at body language and knowing when somebody's with you and when somebody is starting to feel defensive or somebody's starting not to enjoy the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I feel it's the responsibility of the host, like you said, to either reframe the question, name it. I see that your body language has changed a little bit. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm feeling like you're becoming defensive or I, I'm feeling that the energy has changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you want to stop, have this conversation, and then we can continue on with the recording? It's all about awareness. Mm-hmm. And as a host, especially if you're going to be interviewing people regarding difficult subjects or something that is going to make them feel vulnerable, You have to let your guests know they have permission to stop at any time. Yes. They're speaking their truth. You don't have a right to tell them that their truth is not right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And if this is something that is hard hitting and they're becoming uncomfortable, they can hard stop at any time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's a recording. And like you said, you can pivot the conversation. Okay, let's. If you don't feel comfortable speaking on that, totally fine. Let's go this direction. And you can just take it in a, in a different direction. I think those are so good to know because even as a podcast manager, our clients will come to us with these questions. Like you said, like, I'm going to can this episode. And I love that you're like, hey, just let me listen to it. I'm sure I can do something with it. And you you, you give every conversation a shot. Like you said, there's always something usually good happens from a conversation. So I think that's awesome advice. As we wrap up, first, I would love to know Where can the listeners connect with you? So my company name is Crackers in Soup. It has nothing to do with soup. It has all to do with podcasting. So I can be found at crackersinsoup.com. And I also have a podcast called Chatting Over Chowder, where we speak to women in the podcasting industry about what podcasts they listen to while eating chowder, because we literally send our guests chowder. So another good tip, if you want your guests to be in a just in an elated state, send them a little something, something. Yes. Doesn't have to be soup. Doesn't have to be chowder. Send them a little something of love. They will be so happy that you thought of them. Love that. 
Thank you so much, Bethany. It's been so great to talk to you. I could talk to you for hours. I know it. And I just appreciate that you were on the show. Thank you, Lauren, so much for having me. I do have to say, before we even started, we talked for like 45 whole minutes. And, and we shouldn't have. <laughs> and, and you know what? We should have because this is so like long overdue. And the gems that we could like the outtake gems of those 45 minutes. Right. Right. It's like a whole thing. But you are doing such amazing things and you've impacted so many women's lives and giving them confidence to do this in a media that is in its infancy. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for just being so approachable and being willing to answer the hard questions and having so many amazing people on to give insight to your listeners of what it's like to be in podcasting and podcast management. And you're just doing amazing things. So thank you. Thank you so much. I so appreciate that. I love it. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.